Welcome to Unusual Perspectives podcast that transports you into the minds of people who think outside the box and are unwilling to live a life of unexplored potential. If you're looking for a place to play with the concepts of what's possible while making some jokes along the way, you've found a home and a community here. So Alyssa, how are you doing today? Amazing. Thank you for asking. Awesome. (laughs) What is the meaning behind your business or your kind of moniker, the consultress, and where did that come from? So the consultress um, is a business maven who focuses sometimes on needing to give people a kick in the ass or sometimes a hug. So the genesis of it was to help people really align with their true identity and purpose, regardless of what they've glommed on over the years with a very specific focus in business efficacy. So it's always consulting and asking the right questions up front to determine what path to go down. I don't love a prescriptive approach. So this is a lot more collaborative again. So like I said, consultress comes with a bow, sometimes with a kick in the ass and sometimes with a hug. (laughs) So what drove you to kind of marry the two of those things, like the kick in the ass? Why do you think that's such an important combination? Oh, really good question. I feel like I've needed it in the past. Sometimes I need a lot more compassion where I'm pushing myself or kicking myself. And I really just need to put on the brakes. And I've had mentors and uh, community members do that for me. Um, and other times I'm just giving myself way too much rope or I've seen other entrepreneurs and other professionals give themselves way too much rope and they really need kind of be called out. So knowing when the right piece is appropriate has been a skill that I've developed over my 40 plus years of life. I grew up in a family business. So a lot of what I address is very intuitive, whether it's the structure of the business, the operations, the strategy, the vision set, and ultimately, you know, what are you going to do with it? This is something over the last two generations that business has always been a means to an end, but we're in an environment right now where, you know, no, your life is your and like how you're living your life. It's not just deplete yourself until someday, right? So asking these questions right up front about why are you doing this and what is the specific intended result of these behaviors starts mm. to unwind. Well, okay, let's, there are more questions to ask. There's more things to unpack and more um, room for strategy and growth. So you asked, where did the, where did that kind of come from? It was marrying my family business life with all that I've learned in my professional career over the last two decades. I love that. It's one thing that I think I'm not sure where I originally heard it, but it completely resonates with me. This, this idea of work-life balance and brings up the idea that like, there's some sort of separation between work and life and your, your home life. And especially for entrepreneurs or consultants, um, that really gets becomes a gray area at best, if not being completely melded together. Do you believe that there's even a potential to separate the two? And is it useful to separate the two? Or should we just kind of um, live as if it is one entity? Okay, so my answer is that depends. If you're <laughs> in a nine to five and a six figure earner with a lot of responsibilities and things like that. I believe it's absolutely necessary to create a separation and to put one in a bucket and another here and essentially figure out what type of time dedication you want to give to each. 
until your work and your life are aligned. Now, in the entrepreneur space and in the people whose life is their business and their value is their personality, um, I do believe that they are inextricably linked, but being very clear on what actions to take and when, and being clear on how you structure your day and how you structure your energy, um, I believe that's the balance piece that you're that you're calling to here. It's, you know, when is it appropriate to turn off my phone and spend time with my family? Is it dinner time or is it breakfast? Or is it is it all day long? And in my case, six years ago, I took the plunge and decided to homeschool my children, which at the time felt like business suicide. You know, I <laughs> I focused all of my community generating and communication efforts on building a community around my children and their future. And that felt so much more important than what I had been up to. So obviously, you know, the revenue reflected that change at the time. Um, but it was absolutely necessary for the reasons why I was doing it. You know, I wanted to show my children a way that work and life and raising a family and being your best self all fit together in the same structure called me or in the same structure called our home. So um, the question I think is, uh, can be manipulated like any statistics, depending on who's asking the question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a great answer. And the context of being someone that can completely design their own time and how they spend their day and their week because you have kind of full autonomy as a, an entrepreneur or a, uh, a consultant or um, a freelancer that can say, well, I'm going to work 16 hours a day if you believe in some of the like the whole the hustle culture on social media. Or you could say that, you know, I'm only going to work four hour work week like Tim Ferriss and something in between probably makes most sense. But <laughs> um, and Tim actually just to Tim was yeah. one of the biggest catalysts to my development as an entrepreneur and as a businesswoman over the last decade. Um, mm. I met him back in 2013, which, um, you know, was the culmination of having followed him and done some other things tangentially that got me certified as a human potential trainer. After that grand pursuit of like, I don't want to work myself to the bone. I want to use work as a tool to create income and lifestyle. Um, so yeah. Very, very influential guy for me. Yeah, he, he definitely kind of sent me on my way, um, especially in the operations and efficiency side of my brain, um, which I'm very much uh, one of my passions. But So I, I love this idea of a human potential trainer. You have to tell me more about what that is and how you got involved with that, because that sounds awesome. Yeah, man. Um Essentially, uh, Tim was promoting a book called The 4-Hour Body, and he had Jack Canfield on, who to me felt like Tony Robbins, but not on some kind of drug. You know, he felt very chill. <laughs> you know, it felt to me like, oh, wait, that feels like something that I can do. That feels like an energy that I can sustain, you know, and this whole idea of sustainability and business based on what I've known as a, you know, financial services professional and growing up in a family business. And I thought, okay, let's see what this is about. I can be a trainer of human potential. Let, let's just see. Um, so I went and studied with Jack Canfield for a year, five, one week intensives. And mm. um, essentially what it taught me was how to get rid of what doesn't work how to optimize what is already working and where to push the envelope. 
and where to kind of explore that edge and go beyond the comfort zone with very time-tested tools. I mean, he didn't make any of it up. It was like more of a curated collection of habits. Um, So things like every event has an outcome based on you and your response. So there's this formula, E plus R equals O, and that's event plus response equals the outcome. So if you're just reacting to everything without thinking, you're obviously going to get similar outcomes to what you've been experiencing or what you've been primed to expect. But if you use that and you uh, stop and take a minute about having an awareness about the way you're reacting or responding and doing it more intentionally, you get to change your outcomes over time. So Mm. um, essentially that's the, the basis of the work is looking at that everywhere from personal to professional to uh, self-identity and community contribution. Um, So yeah, these principles, while I learned how to train them, man, did it uproot my life and my self-identity. And I, I've been working for 10 years ever since, and I've been living true to those principles and like being a product of the work so that I can share it forward. So what was the biggest kind of, doesn't have to be the biggest, but what was a moment that really shifted for you that sticks out where like there was a a certain behavior that you had historically had as a pattern that you shifted from that work that like other people or um, that are on that journey could, could, you know, resonate with? Wow. I have a lot of them. Uh, But um, I guess it would, to me, it boils down to my my decision to homeschool my kids. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying and uh, waffling with the decision up front. I mean, I realized that I was a trained human potential trainer and I was outsourcing my humans. Oh my God, I couldn't unsee that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and that realization, like, you see, I'm flush, like I'm flush right now. Like, oh, I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just go along the hamster wheel anymore. Oh, so I hired a mentor who himself had been homeschooled to be like, how does this Venn diagram work with business? Because mm. <laughs> I have got to make this work. I have no clue how it's going to work, but I, I realized that the very things that I was training people in their fifties and sixties and forties and sometimes thirties, you know, to weed out of their garden of, Hey, I got to do this. Now just let's take that out. It doesn't work. You're not good at it. Just weed it out. I was watching my six year old daughter come home from first grade with the seedlings of those behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, yeah that's that, a, that'll hit you like a truck. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it took me like a full on 12 months to make the decision. It was torture. And now, now I'm a big proponent of, you know, once you make a decision, you, you commit and then the rest is easier. Ooh, yeah. Cause I lived in that decision and, and doing research and the what ifs and I drove myself nuts unnecessarily in hindsight, but that was the process. I went through it for a year. Yeah. How am I going to do this? How does this work? Am I going to go broke? Like, how am I going to support my fit? All the questions, right? Because it was an unknown. It was an against the grain, not already built societal mechanism that's like, yeah, you just do this. You're going to help some picket fence. And yeah. um, so having these principles behind me and knowing that like I was made aware of this because I have the potential to change it and I have everything that I need. Once I made that decision um, and 
everything else got easier after that because it wasn't if, and I was doubting myself. Once I ended that self-doubt and it took responsibility for the fact that mm. like this decision was mine to make, everything, the community started showing up. Okay, well, I got to open a Facebook group and I have to communicate and who's already in this space? Let me go out and meet. And for six years, we took a year at a time, but um, it was probably the single most pivotal decision in my life that expanded my ability to serve my clients because I got mm. really dialed in and focused on ooh, where am I going to spend my time because my kids are now my clients too. You know, yes. so um, huge, <laughs> giant thing. <laughs> I, I mean, that's such a good, I mean, probably the best example that humans and especially I would assume mothers can go through is like the, the focusing ability of having children and to care for these new humans that are on the world and that you're shepherding through in the way that you would, you know, want to raise them in an ideal state, um, regardless of the, the craziness that's going on in, in the world. And today, that's probably a different challenge than it was um, when you were first going through it. So there's two things that come to mind for me. If you were to help someone else that was trying to make that decision right now as an entrepreneur and a parent that was trying to shift uh, or at least consider the difference between general schooling or something, you know, not necessarily homeschooling, maybe Montessori and, and homeschooling, what advice would you have that you've learned in those past, you know, since you began that you wish that you had back then, as well as, um, well, yeah, let's start there. I would say pay forward entrepreneurs your experience. Because hmm. when did your real learning start? Hmm? Did it start when you had an idea for a business or did it start when you started putting your business together? Did you learn everything you needed to learn before you started or while you were in motion? So I would definitely challenge uh, myself back then to look in and say, everything you've learned that you've wanted to learn that you've made your life with has all come from experience and none of it came from being told what to think or shown what to look for and being quizzed on it all that's extrinsic all the stuff that we as entrepreneurs develop it all comes from us and going okay i need to skill up and then i'll use it and or you know this this resistance this blockage this unworthiness is keeping me from x let me bust through it rather so than you know, sitting around having people trying to help us figure out where it came from. We're like, yeah, great. Where are we going with it? So mm -hmm. we already as entrepreneurs have that focus and that ability to look at what we want and go for it. So if you're thinking about how to apply that to your family, you know, just think, what is this world of disruption going to bring for your family in the next 10 to 25 years? And ask yourself if the systems that are in play and at, at work in some of these traditional mechanisms that were, by the way, created for the industrial age, which we are no longer in. If those tools are still going to serve your children in the age of disruption, as we move forward into exponential technologies and exponential value creation, as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. I feel like it's so much easier to make this kind of choice to put them in, like you said, either Montessori or um, I, I looked into Waldorf schools and things. Eventually, I just decided to create my own unschooling initiative because I felt that whatever you're curious in, you own. So just mm. to that at the at top of mind as an entrepreneur, what we get curious and passionate about, 
we use to break through, well, why not set your children up to learn that as a baseline? And they, they can't help but being agile in the age of disruption. It will come as their nature, not second nature, but first. Yeah, if you don't have to unlearn that from <laughs> the rigidity that gets imposed by the traditional model, uh, oh my God, I can't imagine how much more impactful that would be for the community, but as well as just, um, you'd feel it in your soul that you're not being caged by something like that. Like, oh, I yeah. know. Um, yeah, uh, the more and more that we can have uh, embrace the freedom to follow our own curiosity and our passions, the more that I know I learn and the more that I love being around other people that do the same. Like my favorite people are the people that follow their own curiosities and passions and speak with um, you know enthusiasm about the things that they're doing versus like droning on to answer some question you know uh, in a in a book or something that that's, is being forced upon them and that's honestly that's how i found my way to real estate mm. you know my family used their funds from the retail business operations to invest in commercial and residential rental and i thought before before my dad passed away a couple of years ago i told him you know dad i think i think i'm going towards real estate and he told me said I think you'd be really great at that. Little did he know how obsessed I would become. <laughs> but, um, you know, that to me was, okay, I built this lifestyle, built this piece here. How do I continue to build this and continue to show my children live, real time, how to go about building something that you love to do, that you can be passionate about, that serves people, but also build your legacy, you know, build a passive income portfolio that can help us to be able to do more with our time and affect more people, you know? So it's been really cool that I got the opportunity to get really obsessed. My husband also is very obsessed. P.S. My pivot into real estate professionally worked wonders for my marriage. Just saying. That's awesome. Because now we're on the same side of the table and he's interested in what I'm doing. So it, it aligned, right? I, I made this decision that helped put everybody kind of on the same tug line and, and be able to pull at the same time. That's powerful. Um, but yeah, so it, that's my encouragement is, you know, as an entrepreneur, I knew that I couldn't do anything that would suck my soul out. You know, I come mm -hmm. from personal financial planning as the first step in my career. And I'm so glad there are people who are good at it because I have hired those folks, but it just, man, oh, it wasn't for me. Um, but you know, the asset class, uh, alternative assets and real estate. Ooh, I'm like, I'll speak that language all day long. Give me, give me more, <laughs> you know? And I know there are other people who are not as passionate about it who are like, Ugh, I really want to do it, but I don't have the time to scale up and learn about it. I just want to have somebody do it for me or teach me what I need to know. Give me the bullet list. Cause right as entrepreneurs, that's what we want. Give me the shortcut. Give me like the juice. What do I need to know? So that, you know, I can go and be successful with that. So, um, again, it's to your first question about like personal, uh, or professional life balance. It's mm -hmm. yes, all of it. You have to kind of hold it all and figure out, you know, what's the right mix for you. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's so cool that you're able to model that for your kids and show not only the strategic steps that you're making and that they can learn from, but what a 
person living in their passion looks like. And I think that's like so awesome that you can be an example for them in that way. How do you help them kind of step into that same state or or perspective? Asking a lot of intentional questions. Hmm. So I, I, I once had to download like a spiritual knock on the head in Italian, nonetheless, while I was in vacation in Italy, said, uh, which means the more questions there are, the better it is and the better it can become. Hmm. So your question is, you know, how do I help clients walk through this so that they can, you know, find for themselves where, where their juices and where they want to go. So they'll either come through my door saying, uh, I want to be a passive investor because I want my money that I've earned to be able to deploy, but I don't want to get the ups and downs of the stock market. How do I do that? And from there we ask, okay, are you really happy in your job? You know, it depends. Are you aligned is basically the anchor of all the questions that I'm asking. Right. And mm. if the answer is yes, cool, man, I'll be your order taker and show you who to connect with and how to get that done. If the answer is, Ooh, uh, no, then there's probably more questions to ask and more discovery to do lovingly with either a hug or a kick in the ass. And, um, for those who come through my door saying, you know, uh, my business is running me, uh, how do I get out of this rat race or how do I get out of this workaholic mode? And cause I'm friggin' exhausted, but I need to keep up to be able to keep my revenue. And I can say, well, here's a door, here's a real estate way to do it. There are other ways, but here's something that I have proficiency in. If you'd like to go down that rabbit hole and get obsessed like I did, if that works for you. <laughs> Or, you know, um, how is your business set up? And then we can get into those kind of like structural conversations like you were uh, talking about earlier about automation. Um, is your structure set up for you to be able to extricate yourself from the process of creating the value? Or are you the value and you need to figure out how to create a legacy plan? Talking through all of those pieces determines which way the client gets to go. And for all intents and purposes, there is, again, no prescript. There is no way to say this is for everybody because I believe that that's a bunch of bullshit that we've all eaten from being raised in the industrial age school systems. You all have no history and get 100 on this test or your shit. No. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, no that's, oh, my God. It's such a bullshit. Um paradigm that we've created and it didn't even really work in the industrial age other than like made sure that we're able to create the same widget over and over and over like there's a reason that things were broken um back then and and still continue to be um i have so, to yeah i have to give a shout out to somebody who helped me realize that and it was pre um homeschooling is one of the first things in like 2015 that started really grating on me was um, Alvin Toffler is a modern day mm -hmm. philosopher who wrote a bunch of books. Um, they're like Ivy league proof. So if you try to read it, you better have strong coffee and like a dictionary next to you. But <laughs> um, uh, a mentor of mine back then, Cynthia Greenewalt was talking about this third wave, which is the most highly technological, highly humane society humankind has ever seen, but it's going to take some disruption as it gets ushered in and we get to be the agents of that change. And she talked about Alvin Toffler and his work and she 
distilled it down to this parable of like, well, the industrial age made farmers come in from the farms who were creative, rising with the sun, knowing what needed to be called where and when they were living inside of their work into this metal box where they had to sit down, shut up and screw the screw. And the assembly line didn't work properly because they were all raising their hands and we could do this, we could do that, we could do this. And so they said, they, the cultural society said, oh, it's too late for these guys. We have to get them with our five. Mm. Just born the industrial age school system and my skin would crawl every time she would say that phrase because my daughter was five at the time. And mm. I'm like, this system is made for us to learn how to sit down, shut up and look for extrinsic validation of where our value is rather than training how to determine where it is or even if it fits us, right? So we're re-emerging into that era where all of us in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s have to unlearn some of the stuff consciously and unconsciously to figure out how to live our best life or how to build our best business or how to figure out what that work-life balance really looks like for us. Because the, at the end of the day, success isn't a thing that we're all after. Success is an individual definition, but we weren't taught to think this way. So my core genius is just feeling into what breadcrumbs and what questions they need to hear and follow so that we as individuals can slough off all that stuff we put on to succeed and move forward into what we actually define for ourselves as success. Sorry, soapbox. I'll, I'll hop. No, on. no, no. Absolutely, it's a well-deserved soapbox. This is a. It's such an important topic, and if so, one of the things that I think is really an important thing that, as you said, your your core skill is to kind of pull these this line and this thread of how to kind of follow these breadcrumbs. How do people develop that skill? Is that something that you've thought about in how to impass on to your kids or, or to your clients? Like how do people get, or is that something that's like embedded in your DNA that, that you haven't, um, you know, taught to, to other people? The secret is it's embedded in everyone's DNA. Hmm. We've just been taught not to look at it or understand that it's in here. So knowing that I know that it's there for everybody, it's non-negotiably installed in all of us. Mm -hmm. um, it, the, the art of going through these questions and doing the work and figuring out what results you can create for yourself in your life gives you credibility with yourself the more you do it. So the more questions you ask answer for yourself and the more explorations you go on and figure out either you win some or you learn some, that informs how you get to do it the next time. And the more willing you are to explore things that are unusual, right? Or that are uncommon, the better you get at honing into where your own signal's at. So I, I don't have the magic potion. I just, I'm just lucky enough to know that it exists. And I've studied with people and done the work for myself to know that it's absolutely doable. If I can do it, anybody can do it. So true. And, and I completely agree that it's just, it goes back to what you were saying about like following your curiosity and being able to lean into that with, I don't want to say reckless abandon, but just like follow your, <laughs> I kind of do. <laughs> exactly. Playful abandon. Yeah, well said. Play, yeah. Like, cause, <laughs> um, and the idea that you either win some or you learn some is just so so core and right on the money and as long as you don't you know literally 
die. Um, you, it's a beautiful uh, place to be, and kind of the, um, as as one of the shared mentors, the the leading edge experiences, and the more you can collect those, the more that you can um, see farther into the distance of where you want to be and where society can be um, and where your community can, you as a leader in your community can step up and kind of bring people from where we are now to where what's possible. Um, Amen. So, oh, uh, a bit of a transition here while we kind of switch into this, the second part um, and we'll probably wrap up after three or four questions. What is your best tip for making someone else's day better? Listen without thinking about what you're going to say next. Why do you think that is so hard for some people? Because we've all been primed to prove how good we are, how cool we are, how useful we are. And um, I just think um, if you let someone else do that, they get more from it than you telling them what's up. Like, this is a very unique scenario where you're interviewing me and asking me questions. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, what makes people's day is to feel heard and to yeah. feel connected. And um, gosh, there's a book uh, someone gave me, um, some, one of the speakers at the very first Mastermind Talks, they, he sent me this book called Life is a Daymaker. And um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, honoring what's good in people, being grateful, you know, all that stuff, but really seeing the benefits in your own life from making other people's day. And I get giddy over this, so I could talk for hours, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, and I think this may be related for you. Is there a practice that you have that you, uh, if you're not having your best day, that kind of re-inspires you or um, allows you to reconnect with your feeling of, of purpose or your, your best self? Yes. So um, it's, it's just a journaling practice for me. Uh, some people do it live in front of a mirror and some people, you know, uh, do meditations for it at the beginning of every day. Um, I, I have a gratitude journal. Just write down literally anything that comes to mind, walls, light, the sun, the fact that the sprinklers went on last night, whatever it is, right? Um, and just do like gorilla gratitude until I feel full. Um, and if I haven't done it in the morning, usually if at some point I'm feeling that dip, like that'll help me get right back to center. And then um, at the end of every day, which for me as a morning person is much harder to do, but it's super powerful is to write up a victory log. Uh, something that kind of captures all of the wins for the day. That way, instead of going to sleep with this feeling of, uh, I got so much to do tomorrow, you get this like self high five that sets you up for, look how much I did today, or look how much I got accomplished, or look how much I, I didn't give in to temptation. You know, I avoided that sugar cookie that was on the desk, you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So yeah, gratitude law, gratitude journal and victory log is bookends for the day. I love the combination and the idea that you're shifting the perspective from what, which as an entrepreneur, it's very easy to get caught up in. There's yeah. literally an um, unlimited number of, as an entrepreneur, you're a problem solver primarily, or a, um, 
you know, a firefighter of, <laughs> of things that come up. So shifting the perspective at the bookend of the day from, oh shit, I've got 9,000 things to do between now and June 3rd. Um, but what are the things that I actually accomplished in uh, reconnecting with the things that you, um, in the state that you're in, that you actually did achieve things, regardless of if the whole day went wrong and went unplanned, you probably still had a pretty kick-ass day and got some things done, even if it was literally just one important thing, like you dealt with some emergency that came up. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah. Or acknowledging that you ate dinner went on time or that you closed the books by nine 30 and you stopped scrolling Facebook or whatever. Yeah. There's always something to celebrate if you look for it. And the thing about that practice is the more you look for it, the more you're going to find as you move forward. Very cool. If you could send a text message to the whole world, what would it say and why? Disruption is your future's medicine. Ooh, please dig into that. <laughs> the way things have been has not been okay for a long time. Lots of people suffering to success or suffering silently or uh, not realizing their potential because they don't feel worthy because they weren't shown how to do it or they didn't grow up with a certain level that they wanted to get. Everyone's got suffering going on and this disruption that's upon us right now is a gift because it allows us all to look at what's no longer working. And it gives us an opportunity to see it, right? Like I couldn't unsee that I had humans I was outsourcing. <laughs> <laughs> we all have an opportunity to find out what that is for us in our business and what that is for us in life right now. It is a gift that we might not get in the next hundred years. Truth. Right now is the time to look for that. How do I create my life? in this age of disruption, what do I want to disrupt? What is not working that got disrupted that if I go back to it, my life gets worse. Now is the time. You know, the last two years have been rocky for almost everybody on the globe. In that time, I had two of my most banner revenue years. I bought a new house and I'm moving my family five hours west. Why? Because my life got taken down to brass tacks. I was able to see very clearly the stuff, the pageantry, the things that we were working on that didn't serve us anymore. We were just out of habit doing them. Because why? Why did we even start this anyway? But we made some very clear decisions and we were able to live in a way that we were allowed to make choices for ourselves. We allowed ourselves to make choices that were for ourselves to build our future. I've mm. never seen a more productive period of time for people who were willing to take a look. If you're willing to take a look, disruption is your friend. If you want to be the ostrich and put your head in the sand, disruption's going to kick your ass. Truth. There's only two choices here. Yeah. Oh, that's so it's so true and we're seeing the the dichotomy of those two perspectives play out at a faster pace than we've ever seen with this um you know, the World Economic Forum, I'd call it the Great Reset or uh, <laughs> uh, the Great the great Awakening or this the transition or, or, or anything that you want to call it. Um, there, and there are many, many names. Yes. Yeah. Label, <laughs> um, label, label. <laughs> yep. And, and whatever it is for you, um, there's, yeah, there's just so much opportunity right now. And if you embrace that and you 
pull your head out of the sand is the the wonderful ostrich analogy and and yeah it's it's unbelievable what we can create in this moment in time right now and i i so resonate with the idea that this is a a once in a lifetime if not once in a, a societal ability to to redirect so much of what was being perpetuated um often through that educational system and the 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 fruits of that system that how we've uh, <laughs> how we've shifted society um through that process so last question and it directly relates to that if we're actually able to kind of get the tipping point and get enough people to focus on a positive disruption to the society what do you hope the world looks like in 10 years time i hope that everybody is creating their own economy Mm. as my degree is in economics and i've been studying how to make something economical grow cryptocurrencies kind of playing with it right now Mm -hmm. but your value is your ability to give and create transformation in this world and if every single one of us is living in that space of i know what i'm really great at and i honor what you're doing for me because i know that it's not something i should be doing can do or want to do if everybody can get into that space you money is going to take on an exponential character of its own. And we won't be in scarcity anymore. We will truly have reached the point where abundance is not just a theory or idea or a foundation that people have to discover, Mm. where that inner signal for everyone is on, lit up, and clear, or at least getting clearer every day. Um, I think that our our economics will improve, our ability to um, heal our environments and make choices that allow uh, this particular um, globe to survive. You know, I think the, I don't want to go too far off the, uh, the beaten path here, but I think that everything is possible from that place if everyone can get into this way of living. Mm, I completely agree. And, and I'll, we'll have to have you, back and potentially on another one of the shows that we're working on because like that particular thread is something that I'm super passionate about as well as my business partner. A lot of our business is actually focused on the community economic space and um, the kind of marriage of uh, consortiums and benefit corporations and cryptocurrency and how do we actually create these regenerative economic systems um, using some of these disruptive technologies. Like there's so many cool things happening right now in the world. In that space. So yes, um, we, we definitely got to dive into that. Um, but we'll save that for a, a chapter two. Um, how can people find more about you and connect with you and, and work with you? So um, you can either go to my real estate investor website at alyssabacar.com and sign up for my blog that goes out a couple times a month. Um, Or you can look me up on uh, Facebook and uh, LinkedIn, all this using my first and last name, or just Google the consultress. I'm the only one out there. You will find me if you look for me. Very cool. And one last thing to make this as actionable as possible. If you were to recommend one 
practice that people could incorporate, say they had a, a half hour to an hour every week that you would recommend like one practice to bring into their, their business and life amalgam, <laughs> um, what would it be? Journaling, hmm. writing down what's up for me today and literally just letting their hand draw down or pull out whatever's on their mind because that is the most clarifying tool I have ever experienced from the time I was 12 years old and started doing it. I could never really call it a diary because sometimes it came out poetry. Sometimes it came out knowledge. Sometimes it came out ancestors telling me what to do. Um, and you could feel like you're making it up and good. Awesome. I love that. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for your time today. Um, we'll definitely have you back on and um, thank you and uh, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thank you much. This has been a blast. See you soon. Absolutely.